Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling and unlock your creative potential with a team of story coaches and published professionals helping you achieve your creative goals. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Yes, I lived in New York for three years. Okay. A two year for the program, and uh, another year I was doing a babysitting with two other boys, which one is eight, another one is ten. Um, and then after a year, I come back to China. I moved to Shanghai. China had changed so much. That's what bring me back. Um, so the the summer uh, when I come back one year ago, I was like I cannot fit into the society anymore. Everyone is rely on iPhone. We we hang out, eating, paying by phone. We pay taxes by phone. We even get fruits from store by phone. Wow. So everything is new for me after three years I, I said I have to come back I, I have to know this country again and then I made the decision in one week um, yeah and I, it takes me around half a year to really get to know the new country wow it, yeah it's it's a lot. It's, it sounds a lot. Um, I mean, the world, this is a product of our world now, isn't it? The technology is making our world change so rapidly. This is the story of how a death affected everyone in the family. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 558. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Jean Xiaoxing, author, illustrator of I Missed My Grandpa. This stunning picture book examines remembering a lost loved one through the memories and characteristics of other family members. It is without doubt a book that will stop you in your tracks. Without question, one of the most stunning and memorable picture books I read this whole year. This is our last interview episode of the year, and it's one I hope that will carry you into the new year with the promise and hope and wonder of all that children's publishing has to offer. Please welcome my guest, Jean Xiaoxing, author, illustrator of I Miss My Grandpa. So 
uh, my name is Jane. I come from China. Uh, my name is J I N X I A O J I N G. So I did the book. I miss my grandpa. Um, I started in School of Visual Art in New York before. I did this book when I am. I was having my second semester. Yes, with my uh, with Marshall Arisman, who is our chair of the illustration program. Yeah, I also did few other books. Uh, one is Here You Are. Another one is The Gift Falls Off. Both published in China. Yeah. Can you make beautiful books? I miss my grandpa. Is exquisite, and I know I'm going to have a hard time uh, wrapping my words around just all of the beauty that I see in this book. And I can't wait to talk more. About it with you, but first I just wanted to thank you for sharing this beautiful, beautiful story with us. Thank you, thank you, Master. Thank you for this opportunity to talk with you <laughs> and to, you know, talk about my thoughts behind the book. It's it's very precious for me as well. Before we go further into what the story is, Jin, would you mind please、uh, sharing your last name with me? How do I read your last name? Um, actually, my last name is Jing, J I M in Chinese. Yes, but that's a very interesting part. In China, we usually call people's last name. Yeah,、oh. but I know in China, yeah, we everyone usually call their first name. So, am I referring to you、yeah. correctly when I say Jing? Yes, it is.、Good. All my friends, all my American friends. Call me Jane. Good, because I know we can't have a conversation unless I'm first addressing you、uh, with respect in the way that you want to be called. So I appreciate you clarifying that for me. And now, okay,、yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's talk about I miss my grandpa because in this beautiful book you have a child. I should read the full title, which we get on the、um, on the title page, which is I miss、mm-hmm. my grandpa. Even though I've never met him, yeah, this story is of a girl who learns about her grandpa by having a conversation with her grandma, saying, "Oh, your grandpa,、um, his face was like your uncle's, or his ears, or his hair, or this part, or that part," and sort of piecing. This puzzle together, but also having those individuals, the other family members,、uh, communicating memories of Grandpa as well. And I found、yeah. the way you did it. And this is an audio podcast, so we'll have to spend a fair time describing your art. But I love that you, over two sets of 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 page spreads, you set up. This shape, this face, or this ear, or this nose, and then on the page turn, you transform it into an idea, into a memory, into something more abstract. And I found that that, to me, felt quite like tapping into a memory, like going into your head to imagine this connection that someone was making. So I thought maybe I would just ask you first 
about the mm-hmm. inspiration for telling this story. Where did this story come from for you? Um, so first, this is a real story. Um, so when I was a child, um, I know my grandpa had passed away before I was born. So I like to ask my grandma talk about the past. He talked a lot about my grandpa. Um, so he, I know his deaths had affect everyone in the family. Um, everyone become more intimate with each other and work really harder to struggle out from life. I have, but I have no idea how difficult that could be. Um, so in my eyes, his path really inspired everyone to work harder and make a better life. So I think, oh, maybe that is a positive part of the past. But so I saw him still exist in every family member who love him. Um, this is my, I think my love for my family made this book happen. Um, when I come to New York, I was studying in the SVA um, uh, illustration program with Marshall. I saw how he organized the classes and uh, my classmate. It's like we all come from different country, exactly. And everyone is so different. There are some fine artists, uh, even photographer, even animator, studying illustrator, which feels like every family member in my family and um <laughs> <laughs> yes we all learn from each other and i was thinking oh it, and we we grow because of that it would be great if like all of our skills could combine together and if one person could have all the skills that that's a perfect that's that's so great i think these two situation comes together and make me want to do a book about my grandpa. And also, I never, I have to say, um, we don't have editorial illustration in China. Um, when I was studying, the first time I thought editorial, I feel, wow, it creates so many imagined space between the audience and uh, the image. Um, those illustrations tell stories like through their visual language, especially Milton Glaser's work, who influenced me so much. Um, I love this, the imagination space in between. Uh, I know because I studied children's book in my college, um, we know like for a narrative children's book, which as you could see a character like goes from every pages to another, um, it usually create the imagined space by uh, turning the pages. So I was wondering, could I combine those two spaces together? So you, you, you have the imagine when you see each single images, but at the same time, when you turn the pages, there's something in between as well. Um, yeah, that's what I exploring when I was doing this book. Um, I think that I, I like the space, the imagined part. Yeah, and I think grandpa need that. Um, yeah, those wow. are the thoughts behind the book. That, and when I was doing the... That imagined space, <laughs> yeah. Jean, it's so beautiful. Please keep keep talking about that. Your 
I, I just, I, I find myself completely lost in your, as you're sharing this and to see, to hear the inspiration behind what I'm looking at makes me feel very much so like I hope people listening have had a chance to look at this book and be affected by this book because it's, 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 it's beautiful. But please, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Please continue. Thank you. Thank you. So when I was doing the writing part, I was, I was trying to describe something um, already exist. I, I really experienced in my life. At the beginning, it was written more or less like uh, a real life experience. And later on, I was thinking maybe I want to select or the best part of my life and aid it into each pieces of the description of grandpa. Um, Yeah, so every description, for example, Uncle Chance says, when your grandpa looked at the world, he was quiet and patient like a crocodile. When he closed his eyes, his imagination sparked. This kind of description is, um, through this description, I was trying to, yeah, to, to build up a character. Um, yeah. yeah, who who is beyond beyond something. For Beyond me, something. when I was doing, yeah. I'm getting like teary-eyed as you're talking. Do you mind if I read an excerpt of your book to give a sample of that pairing as well? Yes. I'm please. going to read what what you share, but I'm going to expand it. I'm going to start from the beginning, and mm-hmm. I'm going to read through Uncle Leo. So your your text starts this way. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I'll just pick up that it says, I've never met my grandpa. He died before I was born, but I still have always felt like he's here with me. I want to know everything about him, so I like to ask my grandma, what did grandpa look like? Grandma answers, your youngest uncle, Mason, has a face shaped most like your grandpa's. Uncle Mason says, your grandpa's face is very far away, like the moon in my memory, although sometimes I still dream about him. Grandma says, your middle uncle, Changzi, has your grandpa's eyes. Uncle Changzi says, when your grandpa looked at the world, he was quiet and patient like a crocodile. When he closed his eyes, his imagination sparked. Grandma says, your eldest uncle, Leo, has a nose passed down from your grandpa. Uncle Leo says, by always learning, trying, and practicing, your grandpa knew when to water the soil, when to fertilize the soil, and when to plant in the soil just by smelling the soil. I I am not only so moved by these these beautiful illustrations that 
take a shape, take a body part, and, as said, transform them into this abstract depiction of memory. But also, it brings me back to um, last year when uh, Mm -hmm. my grandmother passed away. My grandmother lived to be 100 years old. Wow. And still, I feel like there's so much for me to learn about this woman. And without even prompting at her funeral, my uncles came up to me and told me all about my grandmother, things they had never told me before, but Mm -hmm. passing that knowledge. And what strikes me is that in your book, the granddaughter starts this conversation with her grandpa or with Mm. about her grandpa with her grandmother. And those are the only two people we see in this book. There are other people lending their voices, but it starts in this intimacy of just one, one other person. And yet, as said, the whole family fills in the blanks on that memory. And, um, and I just want to express to you that mm-hmm. it felt to me like my separate family members coming up to me as one was sharing one memory and the other hopping in to share another. It felt just like that to me. And that was very, very special. And you managed to recreate that in a picture book so beautifully that you have paced this story that we can sit in these memories and sit with this granddaughter asking and and that we are given the honor to learn about her grandpa as well. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. For me, why only grandma is the only person showed up in this book is because I think grandma's love to grandpa made Mm. her let her keep telling stories about their life they spent together and also provoke my curiosity about a person I have never met so grandma is definitely the person connects everyone every family member in the whole thing yeah I, I, um, <laughs> I, um, hmm. okay, let me, let me turn to the art because that'll help me maybe not cry right away again, but, um, your, your art is so varied and beautiful when we are with the girl and her grandma, you've used, it reminds me of this pencil that my son has, this thick colored pencil that has red and blue and yellow um like lead in it at the same time so as you draw the colors sort of change you've yeah. got you've got these two people talking to each other and the colors are just flowing on the outlines of their body they're they're very sort of plainly presented but i can't help now in reflecting on this story think about how they are in some way a blank canvas that all these memories are just placed upon. That might be reading too far into it, but I'm grateful for the simplicity with which we meet these characters and and the way that the art changes as we are carried through the story. 
Oh, thank you, thank you so much. It's very fun. Yesterday, I spent my day teaching kids to write, and I found every kids like to draw in a rainbow color. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> always, yes. There's joy there, right? Yeah, it yeah, sort of yeah, sets yeah. the tone from the outset that we're having this moment between the two. Grandma mm-hmm. is clearly smiling. And mm-hmm. her body, they're both drawing on paper. So there's already an intimacy there. They're doing an activity together. But grandma's shoulders, she is she is pointing her body mm-hmm. toward her granddaughter. That even though they're working on this drawing together, um, they, she is still giving her full attention to granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. They love to do that all the time. It's I can very, tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this something that were you a kid that liked to draw as well? Always, always. Oh, good. <laughs> did your Did you have people in your life that drew with you? I think my mom did that a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He always sit uh, sit beside me, and he liked to. She liked to making clothes when she was oh, yeah. young. So, <laughs> yeah. So usually she was playing like that thing, the machine to 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 doing her dresses or for herself or for me, and I was drawing besides her. <laughs> oh, Jean, the sound of the sewing machine was a memory from my childhood as well. I can definitely oh. hear that as soon as you're making the noise. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember my my mother making us Halloween costumes in particular. <laughs> Wow, so sweet, isn't it? Oh. it do is. you still have the photos of those? Oh, my! I can do better than that. My wife loves, after seeing the photos, loves to tease me about the different costumes that I was <laughs> as a child, including she especially loves ragging on me for um, being a Care Bear. I think not once, but twice for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, I think, just took one of those... Um, one of those like onesie pajamas and sewed a, a belly with a, a symbol on it. And, you know, just simple, but uh, I can you, hear you the sewing machine. It. Yeah, you yes. do. <laughs> yes. That's so the you, most special part. <laughs> yeah. You, you have drawing um, with other people in your family as a child and also around them. In the art for this book, I can see you using a number of different mediums that you're going from these colored pencils to to what looks like different textiles and prints and collages. And so I wonder what how you approached making the art for this book, because it really looks like you you gave each member of the family a different voice through the medium of art that you used as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to achieve. Because for me, each art material has their own personality. They fit into specific places and situations. Um, for example, watercolor always feel really hard to control when we are drawing. And we, we, we put the color on the top most of the times we wait until it dry to know what it, it exactly looks like. Um, that feeling feels much 
um, Matt, uh, Uncle Mason's words, like Grandpa's face is very far away, which mm. is in like the moon, which is in in my memory, which is something you're very hard to clearly capture or tell. It's it's very subtle, but you could feel the 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 thing, the light, is hidden behind the cloud. It, all the um, drawing materials I was trying to match the words, um, yeah, and the feeling of it. For example, the uh, Uncle Leo says for the nose, uh, because for nose, um, it's to smell. And uh, since I said Grandpa is a farmer, so the soils are very um, sandy. So it, the best is to use uh, acrylic uh, with sponge. So it create create the sandy texture. And uh, I use the thing when we wash our dishes to create the texture of the grass. Um, <laughs> I love that detail. <laughs> but yeah, I'm taking very... it so seriously that I'm hearing you talk about making this texture of the dirt, but I can't now that you're talking about the grass. Yeah, and so it, it's also I was uh, for every single images trying to 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 put. A personality into the drawing, along with the words, yeah, along with, yeah. along with each family member, yeah. I can mm. understand that because, especially when I see um, mom talking about grandpa's hair being really curly, like a nest. Birds even came to stay in it one winter. Using that that um, hyperbole, you've given a lot of movement. I can feel you dipping the, the paintbrush into black paint and just sort of swirling it up on your paper um, and then having these speckles of paint with the snow coming in, it looks like. But these birds sort of painted really solidly there. You talk about the different emotion of, of each character and it makes me feel mom running her hands through her daughter's hair because of oh. that playfulness of the frizziness of it popping up. Um, I, I like the attention you gave to giving each individual a voice through the art as well as through their memory, including one of the family members that doesn't talk at all because what they inherited was... Ears for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all need that, right? <laughs> it's, we all need that. There's there's such a, a nice balance of humor here as well as, as sincerity. And the note you end on where you give that child not only grandma's words saying uh, you can meet him in your heart He's still living within us who love him. But then you also give her, Grandma says, you also have your grandpa's hair. That we go from this sort of, again, abstract 
he's in your heart. He's there. It's a feeling. You can still feel it. But by the way, there's this very literal thing that you yeah. have that the way you literally carry him with you. I, I, uh, I found that especially touching to end on that note of, of, of the feeling. And also that now every time this girl reaches up and touches her big curly hair, she can be thinking too of her grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa is part of her. Yeah. She carried it. She carried him. Yeah. I can't imagine all of the work and all of the edits and all of the different attempts that you went through to make this story just right. But I can tell you that it's very evident how hard you worked to get it just right. And especially talking to you, it's very evident how hard you worked to honor your memory of your grandfather through making this book. So thank you for being vulnerable to us and showing us your love on the page and through your art that way. It's my great, great, great pleasure to share it with everyone. And thank you for your kindness words, Matthew. It's really important for me as well. I, it's, it's a, yeah. I'm moved. <laughs> I'm still at a loss for words. I'm probably going to take much longer time trying to find just the right way to express how I feel about this book. But I'm grateful that you sat down with me so that I could share what words I could get out. And I cannot wait for my friends and my readers to also come to know this story and to talk about it. And I hope that some of those words make it back to you because I I hope you get to hear it as well. Oh, that would be so wonderful. I'm super looking forward to it. Well, until that time, why don't we mm-hmm. end this way? Jean, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message I can bring to them from you? Yes. Can you tell kids that there is a universe living within everyone? And can you ask them, could they hear the whisper of the universe? This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests.
and that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Ailey, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.